This episode of Left of Field is brought to you by SpeedFit, the smarter workout combining personal training with EMS to give your muscles a deeper and more effective workout in a fraction of the time. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Buongiorno, hello, and welcome to the Left of Field podcast. Today, I'm bringing you a very interesting and unique chat. Now, usually I interview athletes or different uh, sporting figures, but today I'm diving into the world of racing. That is right, thoroughbred racing. And I'm going to be chatting to Daniel Cripps. Now, he is from Cripps Racing in WA, and that's a premium thoroughbred racing service providing tips, previews, and investment stacking plans on all West Australian racing. Now, he's a professional punter, and I think that's a job that we'd all kind of would like to think maybe we're good at, putting little bets on the horse races, but how much do we really know? Now, Cripps is a very smart man, and he's created a wonderful service we dive into and learn so much more about. So I hope you enjoy this chat, and that's it. Have a great day. Daniel Cripps, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going? Hi, Danny. I'm going well, thanks. I was scrolling through the list of the guests that you've already had, and yeah, to be honest, I, I feel a bit flattered to, to be amongst them. No, no, no. You are very well welcomed into the Left of Field community, and I can't wait for everyone to hear about what you do. And Let's get started, really. Let's just jump straight in. For the listeners, do you mind telling everyone what your job is? Yeah, look, you're podcast is aptly named because it definitely is left of field but look in short I gamble on horses professionally I'm actually looking forward to doing this because it's something that when people ask me what I normally just say I'm in the racing industry because people either or they either don't believe me or they think I'm crazy and I try and spend the next 10 minutes explaining it so yeah it'd be good to get it out there I guess yeah no in short I'm a professional punter uh, and then from that have a tipping service and also on the side manage a jockey. So they're the, they're the three main things that keep me busy during the week. Now, t- punting professionally is something out there I think a lot of people think they might be good at, but I uh, don't know how well they would actually go. So let's go. How did you get into racing? Yeah, so, so I'll start from the start. I was, I don't have, a lot of people in the racing industry have strong family connections. I don't have as much of that. I've got my great-grandma is Sheila Gwynn, who was a bit of a pioneer in the racing industry. There's a listed race named after her, and my grandmother had a horse dad, but my parents weren't really involved, so I'm not from a racing family, but my love of racing really stemmed from when I first left school. It was really a, more of a, a love of betting, I guess, and uh, yeah, I finished school at nine, and it wasn't just racing. Like I'd be like, there's a lot of people out there, I'd just love to have a bet, whether it be horses or dogs or you know, footy, multis and stuff like that. And I guess, yeah, I'll hand on heart can say between, say, 2010 and 2014, there was, I would definitely say I was a, a recreational hunter or a weekend warrior and definitely wasn't profitable. From probably about 2015, I guess the more you do something, the better you get at it. And it, so I sort of ta- started to take it a little bit more seriously. But it was at the end of 2016, which was a real turning point for me. I actually signed up to a horse racing subscription service, uh, run by a well-known professional punter called Daniel O'Sullivan and he used to send out his tips on a Saturday and whatnot and I used to follow them and had really good fun following those tips but he also used to write these like horse racing educational articles about you know the fundamentals of betting and and the ins and outs of that sort of stuff and I used to 
love reading them and there's probably 20 or 30 and I read them inside out and back to front and, and sort of thought, well, if he can do it, why can't I? And, and I ended up, he, he actually sells a rating system or a rating software and I purchased that at about the start of, or the end of 2016, start of 2017. I thought, oh, I'm going to give this a proper go and you know, record all my results and see if I can make a go of it. And it really took off from there. I started with a, a small betting bank and you know, you've got to be disciplined and stick to your strategy. And, and yeah, the, probably 2017 was a real trial and error to see how it was going. But over a period of time, I was, you know, I was starting to show a profit. And then, and as your bank grows, your bets get bigger. And then 2018 was a real consolidation year for me. And by the end of 2018, I was sort of, at the time I was working, did a few different jobs, data analytics and finance. And, but to be honest, probably always knew that my passion was horse racing. And by the end of 2018, I was, it was starting to get to a stage where the idea of doing it full-time was, you know, the dream that back in 2017 started to become a re- reality. And I went into 2019 and, and yeah, I was getting, starting to think, uh, look, I'm, this is a, I'm really at that tipping point. Do I quit my job? Or, and it was umming and ahhing. And it was actually in April 2019. I had a really unfortunate footy accident where I broke my leg quite badly and I was in hospital for about a month. But having that time in there, I, was, I had the laptop in there and I was just, flat out doing form and betting and I pretty much got out of hospital and I think within a month I remember getting back to the office on the first day and after say six weeks and I thought nah this isn't this isn't for me it was a bit of a, a yeah a tipping point for me and I, and I quit my job yeah uh, quite soon and and yeah started punting professionally from about the middle of yeah 2019 so I think it was June or July 2019 and haven't really looked back to be honest. Wow it's, a, it's really taken off for you do you remember that first win? I wouldn't say there's really one win in particular. It's um, punting. It's a real long game, so there's you know there's always lots of wins and but a lot of losses too. But it was probably more. Yeah, I remember I've had some good wins and lucky wins back in I like to call it my mug punting days. But I guess in the middle of 2017, when I keep a spreadsheet and you know you write down every bet and then you can look at your sort of results graph and once you start seeing that. It's on an upward trend. I guess that was probably the most exciting thing for me. Where I, yeah, I didn't at the time. I didn't know whether I didn't even know trust myself whether I was going to be able to make a goal. But to start seeing that, yeah, that the work you're putting in was was getting some reward out of. Yeah, that was probably the most exciting thing for me. And then you obviously took the leap of faith and started the business. Tell me about how the idea of Crips Racing came about. Yeah, so when I quit my full time job in the middle of 2019, I actually didn't. I never planned on running a tipping service and actually a friend of mine at the footy club at the time, he knew someone in Melbourne who was re- very well known in the um, Melbourne racing game and he had a, quite a large and successful service and I ended up having lunch with him and he was keen to expand his business and so I came on as, so I only focused on WA thoroughbred racing, so I came on as a branch of his business as his WA tipster and at the start... I, was, I didn't really know what to expect, whether I'd like tipping or, and you know, there's a bit of pressure that comes with it. But I started with a very small client base. I think it was probably only 40 or 50 people who were getting my tips. And it was all a bit of fun at the start, but I really enjoyed the tipping. And, and then it got to, it was sort of, you know, it was, go, it was going well and I was getting new clients through the door. And, uh, and I think about March 2020, I thought, well, I'm actually, I really like the tipping game. And, and there's, uh, I thought there was no reason to, sort of, I guess, build my brand under someone else's umbrella. So I thought, why not uh, start my 
my own tipping service and under my own name and that's how Crips Racing came about. Explain to me how the service works then. So the service is run on a private Twitter page. So you sign up through the website, cripsracing.com, and, and it is an auto monthly direct debit. And once you sign up, you have access to that page. Now, so I post all my my bets or my tips on that page and they come with a unit strategy. So a unit is it's just a measurement really. So it doesn't matter whether you, you're a small punter and you want to bet $10 units or you're a large punter and you want to bet $1,000 units. It's a, it's really just a guide to tell your subscribers how much to have on each horse. So, for example, I'll say, you know, Ascot tomorrow, race four, number one, uh, 2.5 units on that horse. And so that gets sent out on Twitter. And the same thing as my personal betting, I keep a record and you can show profit and loss and how you're going for the month and the quarter and the year. And I guess if you're doing well, then it's easier to advertise yourself because you can show a profit and when you're having good runs, you seem like it's always the case where you're getting people coming through the door a lot. And, you know, won't deny there's always uh, tough runs in there because that's just punting as well. And, yeah, you, know, you might lose some people, but that's just uh, that's the way it goes. What market do you focus on and who do you specifically target? So I'm 100% focused on, yeah, WA thoroughbreds. So, yeah, the actual horse racing. I'm one of those people, I'm, there's a lot of people out there who love watching, you know, racing from... 10 a.m. per time when it starts coming on in Melbourne, but I'm I'm not so much of a purist as that. I I don't follow Melbourne racing or Sydney racing at all. I'll obviously watch stuff like the Melbourne Cup, but yeah, couldn't couldn't remember the last time I've watched a yeah a normal Saturday Melbourne race. But I just yeah I'm 100 percent focused on WA racing uh, mainly in the city and provincial meetings. What's so good about public tipping? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I I reckon the public tipping makes Hunting professionally can at times be to be isolated. Like I work from home, and especially Monday through Wednesday night, I would spend say forty hours in front of my computer. And the only really interaction I get with people is when I might duck out to grab some lunch or grab a coffee. So having a tipping service is good for me because a lot of my subscribers I I do chat to quite regularly, and it's, yeah, it's just I just like I guess having some you know not someone to talk to. Yeah, having those relationships and. And then on the other side, I will tipping definitely makes the uh, yeah. There's ups and downs in punting, and I'd say that tipping makes the ups even better because when you're going well and backing winners, and yeah, you know, and everyone's getting around you, and you know we've got with my service, we've got some group chats, and when we back a winner, the group chat lights up and everyone's you know getting really excited. But then on the flip side, when you you're doing well, it, there is no doubt there's some added pressure to it. But uh, yeah, that's just part of the game. A speed fit is a 20-minute deeply effective workout. Now, it's based on EMS training, electric muscle stimulation, and this is where it mimics the natural action of your central nervous system, sending electric impulses that contract your muscles. Now, each workout is tailored to the individual needs, and you can vary it accordingly if you're elderly or injured or you just want to build up a certain area. This is exercise that you need. Now, they're not like ordinary gyms. You have private lessons, you wear really strange clothes, but honestly, you feel amazing afterwards. And today, SpeedFit are offering all my left of field listeners 10% off your trial. All you have to do is use the code left of field. Check the show notes for further details, but I really recommend it. I went and oh my God, who knew that doing a simple squat could be so hard? 
how do you keep up to date? What kind of study do you do? And how do you, you know, stay so involved in the industry week in, week out? I'm very uh, analytical minded and my punching reflects that. So I have two, I now have two lots of horse racing software that I use and I guess integrate. But then other than that, it is, yeah, it's it's really a 24-7 job. So I spend hours and hours watching replays. So Say, for example, on a Monday, I'll, I'll review every meeting from the previous week. So I'll go back and watch the replay of those races sort of, you know, five to ten times and you just pick up little things where horses might have, you know, either got bad luck or they just weren't suited by a track bias, for example. So, and then from that, I'll keep a spreadsheet and I'll, uh, you know, it's sort of like a horses to follow spreadsheet where I know because every time with my ratings, every time a horse runs, it spits out a number based on a a series of, of factors and so I might keep a record to say look this horse was unlucky so next time it runs make sure you take into account that its number that they give it for that run probably is lower than what it deserved and then other than that so yeah replays data and and just trying to stay up to date with all the news um you can even like I love listening to the replays of say tab radio because you can hear what all the trainers have to say and the jockeys come on and there's some other good judges on there and and you're always cross-referencing your uh, your own opinions, I guess. What is the most important factor that you look for? Is it the age of a horse, a jockey, how many wins they had? How do you tell if a horse is, you know, in, in good stead for the race? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's a great question, and there's probably no real definitive answer. That horse racing is like a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle, and you've just you've really got to try and put it all together. But if I had, if there's probably something that I, yeah. yeah give an answer there's one thing that I really focus on and I love backing horses who race on speed so that means they might lead or you know settle in the first four or five in running a lot of people like the idea of betting on horses who settle well back and flash down the outside because it's it's sort of sexy in the racing industry and it's exciting but I'm very big on backing horses who are right up on the pace and uh, there's a lot less luck that they need to get for uh, them to win the race in my opinion. Yeah, cool. And so you mentioned the challenges. Do you get a lot of backlash? Have people ever come after you after a recommendation you've given and, you know, they've lost a lot of money? Does that happen regularly? To be honest, it's actually, I probably expected there to be a little bit more. Like, yeah, you always, there's always sometimes you'll get the odd comment and and stuff like that. But again, that's just, that's part of the game. But I I guess I I try and stay pretty level and that's my mindset with my own punting eye. I don't try and let the the highs get too high or the lows get too low. It's pretty important to keep your your mentality in check. So whenever I have a big winning day or or a winning month, I don't I don't try and um, I guess blow my own trumpet too much because then you're just asking for when you do have a losing run, then that's when people will, uh, will sort of jump on you and um, and I guess give you a bit of stick. But I guess probably the the, the most it's not even disheartening, but when you're having a losing run and you get the message and someone says, hey, mate, just can you cancel my subscription at the end of the month? I guess that's probably the, the most stick that I get. But um, And again, I with my subscription, there's no locking contract, so everyone's free to come and go as they please. So, yeah, I, I guess it's um, probably at the start. It used to sometimes personally it hurt, it hurt me a little bit more, but now it's, it's water off a duck's back. That's just the industry that we're in. Someone involved, you know, in the industry. What are your thoughts on the morals of betting, then? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Look, you probably my opinion on that would definitely be different to the opinion of the people who are 
uh, hashtag nup to the cup. But yeah, look, I've seen and you know managing Kira Yule, my jockey, that her dad's a trainer, and and you listen to the trainers on the radio, and like you don't understand until you're in the industry how much trainers love their horses. Like they they're all grown up with they normally got strong family connections and they've grown up since they're little that all they were going to do is be in the racing industry and I know you, there's a lot of outside noise at the moment about say the, you know, the cruelty of horse racing but yeah I don't think until you're, you're in the bubble that you realise it's just yeah it couldn't be any further from the truth as for the betting side well yeah look that's a probably another point of discussion but no doubt there's there's some problem gamblers out there but it's like anything I guess you know, whether you're trying to do it full-time or you're just one of those people that like to have a bet on a Saturday, everything's good in moderation. And as long as you stay on top of it, then it uh, can be a very fun hobby. How is Crips Racing going in general then at the moment? Yeah, I'm really happy with how it's going. So obviously the 2020s just finished, the first full year of the of, the, of my tip, my tipping. And, and even from my, like I said, back when I started at Quiet, Seriously, in 2017, so the, probably the key indicator of how you're going is it's what is called profit on turnover. And so it doesn't matter how big or small you've been, you can always measure it. It's really just your collects divided by your outlay. And so 2020 for me was a was a personal best year on my own punting. And, and yeah, and obviously it's, that's got a high correlation to Crips Racing. So, yeah, satisfied with how things are going, but always uh, looking to – punting's a game where you're – you're never there. Like you've, there's always improvement to come. So definitely not complacent with how 2020 went, and I'll be looking to get bigger and better in 2021. Yeah. Any big plans for this year? Not really. I was actually talking to someone yesterday about this. I've never really had any goals with the service because that it really stemmed from just being a let's see how it goes and a bit of a hobby. So for me, I'm, I don't have. Yeah, I think I've just ticked over about 250 subscribers now, but I don't have any goals on what I want to get to by the end of the year or anything because I've just realised in the racing game, there's there's so many people out there who are trying to sell their tips and want to be tipsters. So the market's quite flooded with advertising. So I don't do a whole lot of advertising. I've, I've done a bit, but I've just sort of learnt that the best advertising is word of mouth. And if I'm doing all my form and, and betting well, then that means I'm tipping well. And I reckon that winning is definitely the best form of marketing in this caper. That's right. People can't argue with the money that comes in at the end. Tell us about your relationship with Kira. Kira and I, yeah, we go way back. So her parents, uh, Graham and Belinda, are my godparents. Yeah, we've had a really close family connection with them since I was born. We, Yeah, we go on holiday with them down in Dunsborough every year. And, and uh, yeah, so what, how that happened, it was actually about the time I was quitting my job. So Kira... As an apprentice, was super talented. She won Apprentice of the Year. She was the first girl to ever win a Perth Cup. And then, as it happens with a lot of jockeys, when they lose their claim, so when they're an apprentice, they get to take off weight of what the horse would carry. And you see them a lot when they lose their claim or their apprentice advantage. And sometimes, it, you know, they're, I guess they're up against the, the big boys now. And, and she then had a quite a bad fall. I can't remember what year, but it was 2013, 2014. And she admits now that it probably knocked her confidence a bit. And then since then, she's been, yeah, like just a regular jockey. And over the past few years before I started managing her, she was she was sort of riding, I guess you could say part-time, and she, she dabbled in the training with her dad. She got a trainer's license. But then I spoke to her at, in about just before the middle of 2019, and she was really hungry to give it one more crack at seeing you know, where she could go and how many winners she could ride. And, and I had a friend at the time, Dane Hollingworth, he was managing Mitch Pateman and... 
and he'd done the same with Mitch. Mitch was in the same boat. He was just riding at Albany a bit, and Dane got him flying. He's, he was at the time he had a bad fall, but before that, he was probably the second best jockey in WA to William Pike. So I thought, well, if uh, Dane and Mitch can do it, why can't Kira and I? And so yeah, started managing her, and and yeah, to be honest, it really it probably exceeded our expectations. I remember I started about the start of the racing season, and we got a few winners early, and. She goes, oh, if we could get 50 winners for the season, that would be unreal. And and in the end, well, she rode 124, I think, ended up becoming, she she finished second to William Pike on the jockey jockey premiership and, yeah, was a leading provincial rider in the, and won the, won the Kalgoorlie Jockeys Premiership too. So, yeah, it was, it's been a amazing 18 months with her and um, something that we probably both didn't expect. But in saying that, she uh, she always had the talent which she showed back when in her apprentice days. Yeah, do you think you might want to manage other jockeys in the future? I think that I've at times been open to, but at this stage I'm really focused on my own betting and my tipping with Crips Racing. So I guess I, I enjoy managing Kira so much just because of our close family connection, but I, I'm pretty happy just, just to manage her and then yeah, spend the rest of my attention on the, on the punting side of things. Now, you mentioned, you know, you played a lot of football when you were younger, previous careers in finance and data analytics. What else do you like to do in your spare time? Yeah, so I always loved playing footy. Definitely didn't get the genes that my brothers did, but yeah, yeah still enjoyed it. Yeah, for all the out there, your brother is Patrick Cripps from Carlton. Yes, that's right. So, uh, yeah, could, wouldn't tie his bootlaces, but <laughs> enjoy, enjoyed footy nonetheless. But you had a, yeah, like I said, a pretty bad leg injury in 2019 to my yeah, my footy days are definitely done, but I'm still a massive sports lover. I've uh, been getting back playing some social sport and getting right into a uh, bit of golf, and I love my surfing as well. Paddy and I are really close, so I was an Eagles supporter growing up, but now I'm a yeah, I'm a diehard Blues fan, so I love cheering on the baggers. Um, other than that, even the racing side, it's such a social game, so once the work's done early in the week, I'd enjoy getting out to the track or, or whether you go to pub and catch up with friends and watch the races so yeah it's really good like that have you ever taken your skills from tipping in racing to other sports no no i'm a i'm a big believer of just sticking to what you know so i think part of my success comes from just because i'm so specific in just what i focus on in wa so you know if you were say to try and follow another state you have to learn all the jockeys and trainers and tracks and and stuff like that so i really enjoy the wa racing because um, yeah, it's, a, it's quite a small pool of jockeys and trainers. We don't get as much rain as what the eastern states do, so the tracks don't change as much, which is uh, and one less variable you have you don't have to worry about. But no, I definitely won't be won't be trying to reinvent the wheel in any other racing disciplines or sports. That's for sure. And for people out there who think they might want to get into punting, uh, what would it be some advice you'd give them as a successful tipper yourself? Yeah, look, it's it's definitely there's no quick answer to sort of put yourself in a position where you might make long-term profits. Yeah, it really is one of those, they talk about the 10,000 hours until you become a professional, saying it's uh, yeah, blood, sweat and tears to from you know, back in 2010 to where I am today. But if I could uh, yeah, if I could recommend anything, I guess it'd just be, uh, well, to be honest, the stuff that I learned from, from Daniel O'Sullivan, I think his website's called betsmart.racing. I'd, I couldn't recommend reading his, educational articles highly enough they really were a springboard for getting me up and going it's a hard question actually but if if anyone out there is sort of would like to if they were looking to take their punting further and 
and want to, yeah, shoot me a message. Uh, I'm on Twitter as uh, Cripper underscore 92. So, yeah, always more than happy to, to answer questions like that. Perfect. And finally, you said you've listened to other podcasts, so I won't be shocking you here. What's a motto that you like to live life by? Yes, yeah, so I'm actually a bit of a quotes fan, but I'll stick to a couple of that from the sort of betting related. So the first one is money lost, nothing lost, confidence lost, everything lost, which basically means, as I alluded to before, there's no matter how good you are or bad you are punching, you're always going to have winning and losing runs. And when you're having a losing run, sometimes you can feel the pressure and but if you lose confidence, that's when uh, that's when it can get dangerous. So you've just got to really, you've got to back yourself in that you're doing the hard work, look back and and you understand why you've been successful over a long period of time. And, and yeah, you really got to stick fat and, uh, it, and it always turns. The second one is the pain of discipline is nothing compared to the pain of disappointment. In the punting game, discipline's probably the one thing that most punters find the hardest. There's a lot of good judges out there, but if you uh, if you don't have discipline and you know say you might have your three or four bets on a day and then they don't win, uh, you see a lot of people that they go they sort of start chasing and and wanting to get that winner to uh, maybe get up for the day, but um, couldn't be anything worse than doing stuff like that. So you again you've just got to stick to the process and and trust that you know there's always uh, another bet around the corner. It just might not be on that day. Perfect. I think that is very sound advice. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me today, Daniel. I really appreciate it. I think everyone should hit you up and see maybe if they can have a very profitable 2021. Yeah, if you're, uh, if you're interested, so as I said before, cripsracing.com. And uh, yeah, more than happy to answer anyone's questions. And thanks for having me, Daniel. It's been a, been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to finally, uh, yeah, I guess sharing my story and what I do. That was definitely a bit of a left of field podcast chat today, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please give me feedback because I'd love to know who you enjoy listening to. If there's anyone else you would love me to really chat to and dive into their career, that's why I do it. So hit me up on all my socials. Very exciting things to come. So stay tuned. A few big weeks ahead and uh, have a great week.